This is Culture Communication and Brand Moments with Shelby Joe Long, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Culture Communication and Brand Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Shelby Joe Long. Welcome to the podcast today. Today, we have the opportunity to hear from another individual who has created a business out of their expertise. Lots with their business, and then they're moving into publishing a book about it and putting a program together. And Jeannie Joseph is here today to talk all about her business called The Human Animal Connection. So Jeannie, welcome to the podcast today. I'm excited to hear a little bit more about your business. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, Jeannie, just I've given a brief introduction, but you and I have been working together for the past couple of months as you are preparing to publish your book and as you're preparing to put your program together and get your expertise out to a larger audience. Can you tell us a little bit about your business now and your background and just so the audience has an idea of what's going on with you before we get into your book? Yeah, sure. It's called The Human-Animal Connection, and we bring people and animals together for the benefit of both. So healing the person, healing the animal. And we will often work with shelter animals who are difficult cases, wouldn't get adopted because they're too shy, too traumatized, too scared. And we have a system to help them really uh, restore their nervous system so they can be sweet and cute and cuddly and make eye contact and get adopted right away. So that's one of the things we do with shelter animals. And we also work with clients, people with individual animals, and we work with people who've had, uh, you know, trauma or stress or anxiety, and we bring animals to them to help them learn how to relax. So we have a systematic method to really help people retrain the nervous system, because what happens, especially in the shelter environment is Animals, as well as people, actually get addicted to cortisol and adrenaline. They get used to that running through the whole body, and they don't know how to settle down. So we teach people and animals and teach them together. We teach the people to work with the animals, which is teaching the person at the same time, how to get their body to actually settle down and be peaceful. Absolutely. And as I've discovered more about your work in the past couple of months, there's so many amazing things that you've already done, amazing programs that you've already instilled to be able to create that human-animal connection and really transform the lives of people that you've worked with. I know you've worked with veterans, with people with PTSD. Can you talk a little bit about some of those programs that have been kind of a foundational piece of your business? Yes. Well, I created a program called Act Resilient, which uses improv comedy and laughter and expressive arts and really all the fun stuff. And we were working with um, uh, Tripler Army Medical Center in Hawaii. So I've worked with over 4,000 service members as well as veterans and their families. And we were just getting such good results, self-reported over 80% reduction in the symptoms of PTSD. And it was going so well. And I started working with therapy animals, with the horses and with the dogs. And when I brought the dogs in, it was like, oh my God, what the dog could do in 10 minutes. It's like, why am I working so hard? These dogs are just so amazing. They just open people's hearts and people who didn't want to talk at all. In fact, there's an army study that says that 
Um, when a therapy session has a dog involved, the person will talk 50% more. And this was really important when you were dealing with people who were not ready to talk, not able to talk, not wanting to talk. And with the dog there, it just everything changes because their heart just opens and they're more receptive to any other kind of therapy work that might be involved. So I was just really impressed with that. I, sure. I started out with a, uh, I adopted a, uh, a rescue dog from the shelter in Hawaii who had been traumatized, was literally a prisoner of war, had escaped from a terrible situation pig, where they were forced to be wild pig hunters. And so his name was Oscar. I named him Oscar. He had scars all over his body and missing teeth. He just had a really sad look. It was a real a pit bull. So was it going to be a difficult adoption? He had been in the shelter a while, but I adopted him and he became like literally overnight, uh, an incredible therapy animal without training. This was the beginning of my work with therapy animals. And he could, if I had a room full of soldiers sitting in a circle, he'd go around, say hello to each one. He could tell exactly who needed the help in that moment. And he would just what we call alert, he would sit in front of that soldier and, and, you know, the soldier would just get down on his knees and cuddle and talk, baby, talk to this dog. And, you know, we were able to check with the nurses and Oscar had 100% accurate instincts. So that really said, all right, this is going to change my whole direction. Of course, we still do act resilient, but the animals have just become so effective. And now we're in uh, doing a program in the high schools Shall I tell you about that? <laughs> yeah, please. I, I love all these this information about it. Just it's just something that we don't think about every day, and it's it's a different type of therapy. It's not the it's not the conventional wisdom that you hear thing hear about things of how to cure PTSD or how to cure trauma. And yeah. it's it's not a pill. It's a connection, right? So and that all it's, natural. <laughs> hear about that power. Exactly. You know, well, it's, you know, I think that, um, that one of the things that inspired me, I was teaching at, um, on all the military bases, I was teaching college courses, and I would see these 21 year old kids coming back to the very beginning of the war, you know, in 2010, 2008, and they would come back and 21 year olds, and they couldn't sleep. And they just there were no, they weren't really given any, nothing they were given traditionally was really helping them. And I just said, Oh, my God, there's got to be a better way. And I think part of the problem is that, People have viewed PTSD purely as a psychological problem, and it is partially a psychological problem. I call it a trauma pie. There's a portion that relates to traditional sort of psychological understanding, but there's a whole lot that is outside of that that's in the body. Trauma is actually something that's in the in the chemistry, it's in the body. And if we're not addressing it at that level, we're not going to be as effective as we could. So when we use all of these methods, that is the most effective thing. And the thing that's so powerful about animals is that they are here now. They're they're mostly in present time. And it invites people to come out of their what I call the trauma brain, the frozen brain, the stuck brain, and to just be here now with this little creature looking up at you with loving eyes. It doesn't care what you look like. It's not judging you for what you did or didn't do. Just wants to love up on you. And it's the love that heals. And it's also the sense of connection, because one of the things that happens, especially working with the military population, but also with teenagers, is they have a tremendous sense of isolation, that they're alone in their trauma. And what the animals do is they they cross over that barrier of aloneness. They cross into your zone where you're not defending yourself or where you're not judging yourself. And they reach you in a way that words can't. And so that's just one of the reasons. So I was going to tell you about our program in the high schools. It's called Canines teach compassion. And what we do is we bring uh, trained and certified therapy dogs to work with teenagers. And 
we all can remember our teenage years. It was not exactly an easy time. <laughs> and it's just become so much harder with what's going on in the world, the school shootings, the level of sure. trauma. Even Very was- emotionally trying just all across the board. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. it's such a hard time. And the dogs don't, you know, they're on a different level of that. You know, they're not in the trauma zone. I mean, these are dogs that can, that are just, they just want to love, you know, they just want to come in and cuddle. And we have students who are not talking at all, not engaged at all, just, you know, within a couple of sessions, they are, you can't shut them up. They just want to talk and they talk to the dog. (laughs) And uh, it's just really beautiful to see. So we do a process where we teach them about stress in the animal, how to recognize that the animal's under stress. And we have a 10 point scale. We teach them how to recognize, we'll say, okay, where's the dog now? Dog's about a seven. Well, that's interesting. Where are you? And they, we teach them the same thing for themselves. I'm about a seven. Okay, let's do one of our little techniques. We do our little stress busting technique. It can be done under a minute. And, you know, I say, well, how's the dog now? And they say, well, the dog's a five. Where are you? I'm a five. So they're seeing the connection between their emotional state and the dog they're interacting with, that the dog is often mirroring them. And even if they're not motivated to look at their own nervous system or their own stress level, they're willing to recognize it in a dog and they're willing to get relaxed to help the dog. And then they've learned that technique. They've learned that breathing or that other method that we've taught them. We have several methods that we teach. And through caring about the dog, they start to care about themselves. And that's often what's been missing. So the first, first act of compassion is act, act compassion towards the self, kindness to the self is a, is a fundamental belief in goodness. And for a lot of teens, that's missing, you know, for whatever reasons, you know, externally, they're comparing themselves to others or, you know, they don't feel like they're living up to somebody else's standards and they've judged themselves as bad. But we talk about how all dogs are good dogs. And by recognizing the goodness in a dog, you kind of elicit that same sense of goodness in yourself. Because when you care about a dog, you're feeling that loving heart energy and that's what helps you heal. Absolutely. Gosh, it's just, it's so heartwarming to hear those stories and to, and I mean, you've seen the transformation happen. And I think that's such an incredible, it's an incredible gift that you have, but it's an incredible gift that you're giving others. Yeah. Through your programs and through your, you know, I know you have big vision of having a center and, yeah. and, you know, and you will get there because yeah. what you do is very, very powerful. And I think that's just an incredible, incredible piece for our audience to know. Yeah. So well, our audience and broadening your audience. Yeah. Uh, tell me about your book that's coming out in the next, we're not, we don't quite know sure when, but it's coming out very, very soon. It's all written. Yes, yeah, the, the next couple of months we're just yeah just in layout now. So it's called the human animal human animal connection, and it's based on our 33 principles. So we have both a philosophy and a method and a practice. So it includes a workbook, so people who don't have access to me can practice these methods and they want to work with their own dog just for improving their connection with the animals who share their lives, or people who want to go, you know, become part of our hopeful army of people who are really transforming the way people relate to animals. And one of the things that we really stress is that obedience should be not the goal, but a side product of a good relationship. 
So when we're communicating well with animals, meaning we're paying attention to how they're signaling us, and animals are communicating all the time, it's just that we don't always know what the meaning of that look is or that tail wag or that body position or that stillness or that wiggle. So once they understand that we're listening, they're more likely to communicate. It's the same thing like with people. If, if you call someone and they never called you back, you'd stop calling them. So it's the same thing with animals. They, they give up trying to signal to us if they don't think we understand. And sometimes when in the shelter and I made a dog for the first time and I communicate with them, they're like, you talking to me? <laughs> you know, they're like kind of surprised. But once they go, oh, my God, you know, then they're very interested in communicating. So that might be a stretch for some people to think that we could communicate the way we communicate with people. I believe that we can. But, you know, even if you're not uh, ready to believe that, I don't I'm not trying to convince anyone. I think you should learn by your own experience. But we, you know, even the most basic level, if you're reading your body, your dog's body language more accurately, you're going to have more cooperation and more cooperation leads to obedience. So it's a little bit of a different approach. Obedience is not the goal. Obedience for us is the byproduct of what we call relationship training. Yeah. So powerful. And I'm thrilled that your book is going to be out here in the upcoming weeks to be able to, so people can have more access to the information Uh, for what you and I have been doing together in the past few months. We've been working on having your expertise in a different form so people can actually act upon these things. Um, We have been developing this dog therapy program and Uh, which I am excited about because there's a lot of people out there, my neighbors included, that are like, we don't know how to train our dogs. And so it's a, I think it's just a really good piece of information to have uh, and a method of how to better your relationship with your animal and how to improve their behavior. A lot of people are seeking that information and having that step-by-step way to do that, which you articulate in your book. And now into your program too, there's many different ways that you can access your audience. So yeah, talk a little bit about that dog therapy program that we are putting together. Yeah. So we have a program and we work with other organizations too, but we have a program to train people to do the kind of therapy dog work we do, which is a little bit deeper than what some people do. Some people just content to do visits and have people just pet the dog, which is absolutely fine. But we go a little further. We actually work with the, on the human side, helping the human understand how to relax their own nervous system, how to unwind their past, how to get into the present moment. So our whole program is really based upon this deeper connection with the animal, this deeper communication. We're a two-way flow where we can um, look at the dog and maybe just use a simple hand gesture and the dog understands exactly what it is we're asking for. It's very gentle. It's not, it's all positive. You know, we, we reward positive behavior. We ignore behavior we don't want. We find that when we reward positive behavior, that continues. What we don't acknowledge diminishes over time. So it's a little bit of a different method from the old days when people said, oh, you've got to dominate your dog and show them who's boss. And we don't believe in that because that is fear inducing and it breaks the fragile bond. Animals are pretty sensitive creatures. (laughs) Absolutely. Our lives, you know, the domestic animals. And uh, if you break the bond, you pay a price. And whenever you use fear or punishment, you're breaking the bond. Now that dog may still be obedient, but they're not thinking. And a thinking dog is a dog who can make good choices. So for example, when we teach a a blind, a seeing eye dog, which we don't do that training, but when blind dogs are trained, they're trained not just to follow commands, but to disobey if the person gives them a 
command go forward, but the dog sees there's something dangerous ahead, the dog will stop and, and alert and say, no, I'm sorry, that's not the right thing to do. Um, so, you know, a thinking dog is much better than just simply an obedient dog. Absolutely. Well, Jeannie, this has been a treat to know more about your business. It has fulfilled a the farm girl that, you know, I grew up on a farm. I raised animals. I did 4-H all the time. So it helped me reconnect with my foundations. And I know that the work that you do will help other people reconnect with their dogs, reconnect with themselves and discover that there's more power in that. So I, I very much appreciate the work that we've done together. And I'm very excited to get your work to a bigger audience. I think it's going to make a tremendous impact. So yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, some people are content to just have a pet and, you know, that's fine. There's nothing wrong. If you love an animal, you're doing a great job, but there are some people who want to go deeper. There's some yep. people who want to understand. And what I find is a, a certain portion of the dogs that I work with have a, a, a purpose for being here. And doing the therapy work for many dogs is just takes them to another level in terms of satisfaction, just the same way it is for a human being that when we're doing work that we love, it, it puts everything like it aligns up our spirit, you know, and it, it, it creates more resilience because we're less affected by the minor stressors of life when we feel we're on track with our purpose. It's the same thing for an animal. So when I work with animals and I discover what their purpose is and I can help the person who lives with them understand that, it creates a much deeper, more profound connection. Absolutely. Well, Jeannie, it's been a treat to have you on the show today and to learn more about you. Can you tell the audience where they can find you and to find your information? No, your book's not out yet, but it's coming out and I'm sure it'll be on your website. So can you tell us where we can find you? Yes, thehumananimalconnection.org. So no spaces, thehumananimalconnection.org. So we'd love to uh, have people sign up for our free newsletter and we'll let you know when the book will be out, which will be the next couple months here. Absolutely. Very exciting things coming up for you. And it was great to learn more about you. For our audience, I hope that you, many of you probably have pets and many of you may want a deeper connection with them. And Jeannie's book, The Human Animal Connection and her business, The Human Animal Connection can help you discover that. So Jeannie, thank you again. And I look forward to speaking to you all next time to discover another business that has been created out of expertise so we can feed our passions and love what we do. So Jeannie, thank you again. And I look forward to speaking to you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Culture, Communication, and Brand Moments with your host, Shelby Jill Long. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we will see you on the next episode.